Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Ready or Not. Uh, really excited. I want to challenge you to listen to this very intently as we talk about preparing to one day be a parent. Let's get into it. All right, guys. So today we have got a full house. Uh, I'm here with Joe. Hey, guys. As usual. Um, But also we have a, man, a wonderful, unique treat. Uh, Pastor Dan and his wife Lydia are here from Washington. Hey. Uh, The prodigals have come home for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'll let them tell you kind of just who they are. Um, But you guys are about to be super blessed. But who, who are you guys? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Well, we are the messengers, uh, Dan and Lydia, and uh, we uh, grew up here in Southern California, and uh, we're born and raised here, well, I was, and Lydia and I met here while she was going to college. Um, we started going to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and right after we got married, and um, we served together here. Um, long story short, we ended up moving up to Washington, and after a number of years, the Lord called us out, and this last year, we started a church out of our shop. And so we've been really blessed to have the support of you, David, and Joe being on our council, our church council for our church. And um, that's how we're connected and why we're here. No, and just moved into a building. Just moved into a a building, building. yep. Um, It has been super encouraging to watch from afar. Um, But Lydia, you've been right clearly a wife, a mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's been your experience just oh, man. With all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, life has been busy the last, um, probably since we've gotten married. We've just constantly evolved. It's been really interesting to see going from uh, married and then young parents and trying to keep our head about water and then um, just being able to move up to Eastern Washington. I grew up outside of Portland. And so it was kind of like coming home, but not really in yeah. the sense as well. Right, yeah. And so adjusting to life in a place where you didn't know anyone and uh, really relying on the Lord those first few years and saying, okay, God, I don't know why this happened, but you have a plan. And then I went on staff at a church for about a year and a half. And then once COVID started and happened, we realized now or never. And so we started the church and it's been such a blessing and God's really used us in mighty ways in areas that we thought were not equipped for this, but that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. So it's been awesome. Totally. How, how long have you guys been married? It's going on this next year will be 14 years. Mm-hmm. And you have three girls, mm-hmm. uh, names, ages. So we have Abby, she's almost 11. And then we have Ellie, who's eight. And we have Olivia, who's five. And I, I remember seeing Abby when she was born. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, Joe showed up to the hospital. Yeah, and I was just, I don't know how old I was, 20, well, she's how, how old? She's 10, right? Yeah, yeah she's going on 11. So I was 26, mm-hmm. and I, I didn't have kids at the time or was even thinking about kids, and I was like, oh, cool, you got a baby. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, now I realize how important Changes your perspective. Yeah. That well, it, yeah. it, well, you have to realize that I appreciate it. So there was very few people who did show up, and yeah. still I think there's very few people who show up when you have your first kid. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so, so to have a 26-year-old, you don't realize at the time how rare that is that your 26-year-old friend would show mm-hmm. up to encourage you and be there. Mm-hmm. And that was a blessing for me because yeah. there's like, I can count on one hand how many people showed up. Yeah, that's so. awesome. <laughs> now, I know in talking about this and just thinking about today coming, and now here it is, of all the things to talk about and to encourage people in, that uh, not just parenting, but preparing for parenting, um, where did that even come from? How did that come to the forefront of your mind? Well, in the first year of starting our church, we definitely tried to take all that we loved from Chino Hills and all that we loved from our old church and scale it down and make it possible for us to do at a church of less than 100. And then we soon quickly realized, let's go back to the basics and the foundations because that's what people needed. And so now this year and year two, it's been a blessing. We've been able to focus on marriage and parenting specifically and friendships. That's kind of been our core. Daniel has such a love for the Word of God, and I just am in awe of that. And I have, especially since we've gotten married, I've definitely, um, my love for the Word of God has definitely grown. But my, um, I would say what I really rely on is prayer, and I think it's because we live just crazy lives. And so um, I wanted to show women just the power of prayer and praying over your kids and how it means more than just 
um, help them have a good night's sleep or things like that. And so in our women's prayer group, I've started to realize uh, things that perhaps couples should have started talking about when they wanted to have kids would have set the awesome foundation for them. And now that their kids are in that tween stage, it's really hard to go back and fix the cracks. And so when you're able to um, see how when you're younger and when you're perhaps dating or perhaps uh, in those early years of marriage, having those conversations before you have kids is going to be huge. And Daniel and I were both blessed um, with parents who were actually in ministry. My parents were pastors. His uh, dad was a worship leader and on staff at several churches. And even though we both had the same background, the same foundation, there were often times, well, I was parented this way. Well, I was parented this way. You have a tug of war going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think coming together and having those conversations beforehand uh, really helped our marriage, really helped those early years, especially if you're both working full-time, if you're involved in ministry, um, if you just have a lot going on. It's really important to make sure you have those kind of ground rules that you know as young parents. What our heart really was in, in discussing back and forth between each other was, man, I wish that other couples had had the conversations we had gotcha. from the very beginning. Because we, even before we started dating, when we were just friends, we would have lively debates about, like, what do you envision family life looking like? What do you envision Thanksgiving looking like? What do you envision? I mean, every little detail we would haggle. A lot of times, argue. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Uh, but we would, we, there was a little bit of conflict um, early on in our dating life because we had different visions of what our future would look like. And it caused us to, it was a refining process before we even got married. Now, do you guys think those conversations, uh, came up because of your personalities or do you think people encouraged you to have those conversations early on? I think personalities were both very strong-willed people and I have an opinion about everything. <laughs> um, and so I have opinions. Uh, Is that true, Lydia? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I'll vouch. <laughs> Joe can vouch for that. Um, uh, so a topic would be brought up and and we would just start talking about it and I'd have a strong opinion about it and she'd say, well, I don't think so. And so then the discussion would start. And so that really helped us in not only how we envision being parents and, and having a family and building a life together, but in problem solving and how we come to a consensus or come to a place based on the word of God. And so bringing this full circle, what we see a lot of times with parents is they didn't have those lively discussions. They're having the lively discussions 10 years into being a parent, yeah. and now they're coming to an impasse where they disagree with each other, and they haven't learned those skills on how to navigate, and um, the, the groundwork really hasn't been laid. They don't really know what they think about raising kids. You know, it's interesting. I've seen on a small scale, um, but that those that wait to figure out what their convictions are when the kids are older it can really become a part now where you're not working it out together, you're picking sides. And one parent will be on you know, team son and the other will be on team daughter. Or, and instead of something difficult to work through, it becomes a dividing or can, it doesn't have to. Um, so I love that you guys are bringing this up. Well, and well, what about before too? Like these are, uh, before you guys were dating and having these discussions, was it something you thought about as a single person? Uh, I mean, did you think like, maybe I wanted, I want to have kids and this is how I want to do it? Or was that even a thought? I, I did. I don't think Lydia did. No, I, I think a lot of it, and I'll, I'll be transparent. We both were in relationships where we thought we were going to get married to those people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes in the Christian community, you think, okay, I'm going to get into high school, okay, do some type of college or work or something like that, and I'm going to find the one, I'm going to marry them. And I think for those of you who perhaps are in that season where you're thinking, man, I thought that person was the one and we broke up, and now what's my life going to look like? And I think because 
both of us went through really hard relationships. It was kind of like we wanted to just get the dirt out of the way and we yeah. pursued our relationship from a logical perspective. And I think just from my personal experience, there was a lot of issues between how we were going to raise kids, what family life was going to look like, where we were going to live. And so before we even started dating, we kind of wanted to get that out of the way. And so... Um, yeah, both of us were, we're not wasting one more week yeah. dating the wrong person. Yeah. So, you know, if this is a make or break, let's get this out in the open. And if you don't like it, then there's somebody else. Yeah. When a lot of those convictions that you had about parenting, it sounds like, for, for you, Daniel, was you already knew kind of how you wanted to parent or what you thought at least were steps of and that you could that you kind of drove that like hey i want to you could you led that conversation like hey let's talk about how we want to raise our kids because you know i i have some pretty strong convictions about how i want to raise my kids and i want to make sure we're in alignment with that uh but i i think it's a it's a it's a thing to point out that even if you're not dating someone to be thinking about uh, do I want to have kids someday? Does the Lord want me to have kids someday? And then what does that look like, Lord? Yep. yep. I think people need to have a vision. Like we have a vision for our career, vision for our ministry, vision for all kinds of, like what's your vision for family? Mm -hmm. uh, even if you don't know who that's going to be with, like yeah. to have a really clear road you're going to walk down that comes from the Lord, not like, oh, I want to be in this kind of house. Like that's okay, fine. But do you have an end goal? I know... For myself, early on, there was this like, oh, my purpose in these human beings' lives who happen to be my children, and I'd give my life for them, but isn't just to enjoy them, uh, even though I do, but it's my job is to prepare them to live a life where they don't need me. Mm -hmm. Like, that's, that's the goal. Really good. Yep. And it's weird to look at a two-year-old and be like, my goal, my role in your life is to teach you not to need me. Okay. <laughs> like, here's how you open a door. Um, and it can be different. I'm not saying everyone should have the same goal I have. That's just what God put in my heart. But having a clear vision like this is, according to biblical standards, the road I'm going to walk down with whatever family God gives me. Yeah. I, I know for me too, growing up, and I had great parents, but it wasn't, it wasn't something I thought about a lot. I just thought, yeah, I'm going to have kids some days. And that was like, and I'll, I didn't think about how I would parent or raise. And now looking back, I think, this is the most important thing I'm going to do with my life is parent my boys, you know? And so it's like that thing of like, I wish I would have thought more and been more prepared because I'm having to kind of learn on the job. <laughs> yep. And Joe, how old are your kids? Uh, six and three. Yeah, All right. Two boys. You got time. Yeah, I, I saw time and, and I have a great foundation and the Lord is, is faithful and, and there's, you know, a lot of resources out there, but it's also, man, preparation. There's a, Bear Grylls says the thing, preparation's never wasted. Right? Yeah, it's so good. I think, too, when you're in a season, perhaps of singleness, and you're thinking, I'm not even remotely thinking about parenting, um, one of the things that helped me with my parenting, um, and, I mean, my parents are pastors, so you think, oh, gosh, they're perfect. Um, but everyone sins. Everyone falls short. And I think when you look at how do I want to be a parent, it may cause you to kind of look back on your life and perhaps question, man, was that the right decision or was that something that was harmful or hurtful? And I think that it allows the Lord to heal you in areas that you yeah, may not yeah. think well, um, are needing to be healed. And, mm -hmm. and um, especially if you have a healthy relationship with your family, um, it can cause you to even just have further reconciliation or have great conversations of why did you make that choice or why did you you know choose that? And I think often we try to bury things under the rug and they can come out in the craziest of ways. Yeah, and I I think that that is a huge point that I hadn't thought of when when I was preparing, but I think that acknowledging some of the hurts or some of the things that may have been not so good in your upbringing and surrendering them to the Lord, getting healing and not carrying those in generationally, that's one of the most important things that you can do in preparing. Like, do I want to bring this damage into this marriage and then or laden it onto my kids, just hand it to them. You know, and not to get on a too long of a rabbit trail, but even this morning, the Lord and I had just a moment over what I'm like, oh my goodness, this is something I've been carrying for like 30 years. And it was awesome, uh, I think, assuming I can leave it left in the cross. <laughs> we'll see, this is very new. But um, as you guys are sharing that, for me, in the last couple of years, 
I've come to ter- a different term of what healing means. Uh, I used to think healing meant like it's literally healed as if it never happened. Now it's like, no, there's still a scar there and you're just okay with it and moving on. Uh, the, it's not still bleeding. It's not still pain, but there may be a mark that's just going to be there. Does that make sense? I don't know. It might itch every once in a while. No. Yeah, hey, no, no. <laughs> that's actually no. That's, that's exactly that's exactly what even spurred on this moment this morning. Like that little thing that nags every three to four months for about a minute, yep. um, and it may keep doing that. But now I know, like, oh, this is just something I re-give to the Lord, and yes. that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's Absolutely. okay. I'll be healed in heaven ultimately, right? Yeah. All of us. Yep. Yeah. In, in parenting, though, I think you. When you have kids, you learn this. You realize it becomes very clear maybe of those things that need healing, right, and the hurt and the pain. But it's also like, oh, I can't believe how much my parents gave up, like, mm. as parents. And you see the good side of it as well. Yeah. So you, as a parent, like, on this side of being a parent, I get to appreciate the things my parents did do. And then also go, like, this, the things they did here, I need to change and and break those whatever it is. Yep. Uh, but there are, it's a good, man, there's there's a lot of things to reflect in that. And without having kids, I, there's a way to, I think, think about those things. Uh, but when you have kids, you'll definitely yep. consider it. Like marriage and parenting are the two greatest forces of sanctification. Refinement, <laughs> for sure. Or you are so going good. to be refined. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Lydia and mm-hmm. just your experiences early on, brand new firstborn baby, just mm-hmm. were there things that came to mind or, or like, wow, this this blew my mind. I was surprised I, by. Well, um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a type A organizer um, working on controlling things. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just um, like things in a box. I like things labeled. And, I, you know, if it <laughs> – try and throw a newborn in that, and that doesn't work. Um one thing I was really blessed with was um, actually some women at this church, too, uh, were really real with me and just kind of giving me the ugly, the reality, um, even just physical stuff that women go through that you don't talk about. Um, and so I was really blessed because I felt like, okay, out of all these awful things, it can only get better from here, right? And so, um, but on the flip side, I had friends who thought, they were going to wake up every day at 8 a.m. with a beautiful smiley baby and, you know, perfectly done makeup and hair and life was just going to be wonderful. And then they were shocked when that wasn't the reality. And so I was thankful for friends in my life because I didn't have family nearby uh, to be able to kind of pick up the messy and I think allow them to come into that messy world, to come in when my um, kitchen was a mess and, you know, my baby was crying. And I think one of the um, best gifts one of my friends did was she said, I'm going to give you an hour. You you can spare an hour without Abby, my oldest, and you go take a walk. You go get Starbucks. You go get whatever you need to do to kind of feel a little bit more human. And that gift was such a blessing. I thought, man, if more women, one, allowed women into their life to do that, but two, if more women stepped up to that plate who were vulnerable, because I could have said, no, I'm good. But I think um, for if you know a young mom who may be struggling, just just instead of saying, hey, if you need anything, give me a call, just say, what can I do? Can I give you coffee? Can I um, take your baby for a walk? Whatever, whatever simple thing, that will make her life so much easier and she'll be able to feel like a breath of fresh air. So I think uh, female friendships were definitely a blessing. Wow. I think sometimes... Um, Family, again, when you go back to family, sometimes families can be um, a little bit hard, you know, when you try and have your mom come in and tell you what to do because you think, I'm not a child anymore. Um, So handle those relationships delicately, I think, especially with mother-in-laws. I know that can be challenging, Um, but just to hold that lightly. So, and then give yourself grace, man. Your house is not going to be perfect, Um, and, you know, there are going to be really hard days. And um, one thing my mom said, she, sorry, I'm a crier, but on um, where my rocking chair was, she had uh, taken sticky notes and had put them all over, and some of them were scripture. And one she said, and I I left it there until my, um, my youngest was born, was it said, if all you do 
is feed and burp and change a baby. You have done something marvelous today. And I thought, Lord, thank you for that. Because sometimes you don't feel that, you know, sometimes you think, man, my day was worthless. I didn't get anything done. But um, I think simplicity and just being led by the Lord always works. I think too, in those early days, um, setting the tone for your day is huge. And waking up, um, if you can't spend uh, time in in the Word in the morning, maybe at night, but either um, ending your day right or starting your day right is just going to be huge. And and also figuring out what am I allowing in to my life and what am I allowing uh, myself to be affected by. So perhaps uh, turning off Instagram for a while, especially in those first few um, months, and um, putting on worship music, just simple things I think are are huge to parenting. And then asking your spouse for help is another huge one. Our house was full of worship music a lot more. And it, our house, you know, it just needed, that tone needed to be set in our yeah. home. Yeah. And there needed to be joy and worship and so that's awesome and a lot of why we're even talking about parenting right it's because we've all been parents here yeah and especially those first few months you're like this is the hardest thing i've ever done this is this and parent you you realize like this is the most important and hardest thing that i will ever do my seems like i will ever do in my life especially in those er first couple years and you go uh just those simple things you, you talked about that if you can Remember these things that you can implement in your life, those habits of just of of being in the word and going to the Lord and going and having family around you and friends and and establish those things now, like they allow you to have a beautiful moment when you become when you parent because uh, yeah. it's hard <laughs> no, that's huge <laughs> letting people help you yeah um yep i I can't tell you how many people you know, you long, like, can I help you? And you know they need it, but they just say, no, I'm fine. And then probably go suffer behind closed doors. Yeah. So letting, I mean, that's awesome. And if you guys that are listening that are younger and you're maybe watching friends get married or Mm -hmm. have their first kid, I mean, I honestly never would have thought of everything you just shared, the impact an Mm -hmm. hour may have or go over and wash their dishes or drop off KFC on the front porch or something, you know, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) I don't know, but, um, (laughs) KFC. Whatever, dude, fried chicken in and out. Like, I don't know what's up in Washington. Like, KFC. KFC, there you go. Don't drop KFC at my house when I have a kid. No KFC for Joe. Dude, they're mashed potatoes and gravy. This stuff's good. They're coleslaw, mostly sugar. It's awesome. Um, But I think really owning how powerful those little things are from people who don't have a moment to themselves. That's huge. Daniel, as a dad, right? I mean, there's just different experiences. You, know, you didn't birth your babies. <laughs> uh, you probably left for work uh, sooner than your bride did. Uh, I don't know if you worked at the same time as having kids or you got to stay home for a while. I, I worked from home, which okay. was a total blessing. Yep. Uh, but for you, uh, was there just something in the beginning that was eye-opening or that you remember? I think just uh, trying to figure out what my role was as far as, you know, at the very beginning, there's family in town and my mother-in-law was gracious enough to come in and, you know, help so much. But I think at the very beginning, you kind of feel like, where do I fit into this? The baby is with her the whole time. How do I really play a role here? And I think that's difficult for, for men to kind of figure out and I think one of the dangers for men is they never move past that. They play a secondary role, and I'm seeing that, you know, guys who have had older kids now, it's like they've been playing a secondary role from the beginning, and they never stopped playing a secondary role. Mm -hmm. They look to their wives to discipline. They look to their wives to give them a cue to step in. They look to someone else, and they sit on the sidelines like... Barely participating. Like it's her kid. Yes. It's like, no, dude, that's and, and our kid. Yeah, and and very quickly, um, I'll, and I'll just share a quick story. Our daughter had colic really, really bad. Uh, and so you're a brand new parent. You're like, my baby's screaming. Her belly's like just looks like it's going to burst. We can't get rid of the gas, all this stuff. And you're like, I, no one ever told me about this. <laughs> no, no one told me that this is what's going to go on. And I stayed up until like 2 a.m. in the morning researching different ways to try and fix this solu- you know, this problem and finally found this, this crazy like 
organic solution that was only sold at some random place. And I traveled there, got it, brought it home and it worked. And she like actually got rid of the gas for the first time in like a week. And it like saved us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like she was screaming and it's like, okay, this is how, this is my role. Like I'm going to solve problems and I'm going to be involved. And where I see my wife struggling and on the verge of tears and in tears, I'm going to step in and bear the weight too. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to carry some some of this weight and try to carry some of the weight for my wife, for my kids, and that hasn't stopped since then. It, it was it's started then and it's continued, mm -hmm. and so I'm very involved in my kids' lives and very involved in all aspects of how we as a, a team raise our kids. Yep, that's awesome, way awesome. I know even I think you brought up an important part, especially for dads or future dads. There is a little bit of a, a delayed connection. Um, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know the full extent of what I'm about to say, but I think you see a lot of dads walk away, or even if you do happen to have a kid before you're married, like never commit, because there is a delayed connection. I, I experienced this kind of twofold. The moment the kid was born, I experienced a new version of loving somebody that I had never even could begin to comprehend. And the Lord immediately flipped it. And he's like, I, that's how I love you. You you burp and, you know, dump your pants and you cry and you can't even walk. Like, you're just a mess. But I love you for absolutely, you're only going to get better, but I love you this much in the beginning. So anyways, I had this amazing God moment. But it wasn't until they were about two where I felt like I'm a dad. Like, I used to come home, nap every day with Isaac on my chest and then Caleb and then Kaya and Ella. And it was the best, but... Around two, for some reason, yeah. it's like, I can take him to the park. Most I guys. can, right? And right, Joe just said, like, that's most guys. And so just future dads or young dads, don't be, like, weirded out if it takes a minute to wrap your mind around what's happening. Now, I'm thinking about this because uh, of, like, we've seen parents, maybe dads, and that kind of don't ever get, get to the stage that you just talked about, yeah. where it's like you finally feel like you're involved in being a dad and maybe they find their identity in work or their career and it's not in being a parent or maybe because they're afraid of failing. I don't know, multiple reasons, but what could we, what could young adults be doing before being a parent to kind of prepare themselves to, to step into that role, if that makes sense Yeah. of, of like what you said, being involved, figuring like you had to kind of, you figure it out like, oh, I'm the problem solver, but you were intentional about being involved with your your children. What are steps that you think or things they could be doing now that would would make them more intentional, I guess, make you more intentional or allow you to be more intentional about that stuff? I, I couldn't give a one-size-fits-all yeah. of like, you know, do these A, B, and C, and you're going to be ready. You're going to be ready to <laughs> jump right in. Um, no, what I would say that, if I really go to the root of it, my dad would read Proverbs to us all the time growing up. And something that I'm really thankful for is that I believe that just reading Proverbs to your kids, studying Proverbs and the word of God, obviously, but especially Proverbs as a young man, there was wisdom and insight that I had, like some discernment, like, ooh, I, I need to do something here. And there's this discernment when you've been in the Word of God and you've been studying Proverbs and you've been raised in that. There was a discernment that I had that, like, I don't know exactly how I'm supposed to be involved, but I know I'm supposed to be involved. Yeah. And then you seek the Lord in that area, awesome. and then you move in that. And so if I can encourage um, young men, it's like, know Proverbs, know Proverbs, live Proverbs, and ask the Lord for wisdom. Say, I, I need wisdom, I need understanding like while you're there, while you're seeking wisdom, get understanding because there's things about being a young parent that you're not going to understand. And you need to be open to other godly men who have been through it, who do have the wisdom and understanding and can provide it to you. Yep. Lydia's a mom. I think um, to piggyback on what Daniel was saying, having older women that you really perhaps may not have anything in common with, but you really appreciate how they raise their family. Uh, I think that will help asking them a lot of questions. I think too, in this 
may um, be a hot button subject, but um, really examine your family and how your mom talked to your dad. I will say I am so blessed. My mom never talked bad about my dad or down to my dad ever. It was just an awesome reflection, I think, of just how God wants marriage to be. But I know that is very common. And so when you see that modeled, it's quick for you to start taking that on. And I will say I've seen couples who the wife perhaps slaps down her husband's hand, especially when they have a newborn because he's not swaddling the baby right or changing the baby right or giving him her him or her non-organic food. But um, <laughs> I, I will say you can only slap someone's hand so long before they just remove it. And I think a lot of times women tend to say when they're, kids are 10 years old, well, my husband won't help or the dad won't help. And it's like, well, but you slapped his hand so many times, he's not going to come crawling back asking, how can I help? So I think giving away that little bit of control and saying, that's okay if he puts her in the wrong outfit. He got her dressed today. Yay, that's a big win for, for, you know. (laughs) And being being each other's, you know, Cheering section, like cheering for one another and rooting for one another as a couple. It's like, these are your kids together absolutely, and it's your marriage and it's the life you're building together with the Lord. It's like, cheer for each other, root Mm -hmm. for each other, stop being against each other. And I, uh, that's something we see a lot in young families is just like, no, our, our baby's going to be dressed this way with the bow. You didn't do the bow right. And it's like. Oh my gosh! Can, can you <laughs> knock that off and just be grateful that you have a husband who stuck around? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think a big thing that you guys are talking about, and this is, is being a team yes. and realizing yep. you're a team mm-hmm. together for this. It's not one's better than the other. Absolutely. If you have that mentality, like you're not a team. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's you're a unit. And so, really, even as a single person, you can develop, you know, learning to be not selfish and not prideful, not arrogant and these different things to be understanding. And then especially when you're dating, I mean, in, the, in, in early marriage, I mean, early on in our, my my marriage, I remember me and my wife getting in an argument and just me as like the leader just going like, she's not the enemy. <laughs> like, yeah. mm-hmm. And we're, and really voicing like we're a team here. And yep. so we're going to go through this together as a team. Yeah. And just like a team has to practice together and there's things that have to be worked on and, mm-hmm. and different things to be strengthened. Uh, but that's, uh, those it's, you guys were a team yes. together. Like, and teamwork, you just said it or somebody did, requires selflessness. Yeah. You just don't as matter, you don't matter as much as the everyone in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And someone shared this a while ago about, they were reflecting on the impact being involved in ministry prepared them more than they realized for marriage oh, yeah. because they totally. were always involved in helping and serving and putting, you know, showing up when they didn't want to, like, cause sometimes Sunday morning's hard to get to emotionally. <laughs> and, like, and they just said like, well, my wife and I were both serving for so long, serving each other in our home was just sort of natural. And I think there's probably, they haven't had children yet, but they'll probably find out there's some great things that come as a result of like, man, just get involved in something that's bigger than you. Yes. Like if you're single, you're not married, you don't have kids, but you want to know that you'll be semi-equipped when it comes, get involved in something Absolutely. that's bigger than yourself that's and you'll so you'll gain those attributes. Yeah. Um, do you think anyone's ever ready to be a parent? <laughs> no. no. I, and and yeah. I think that's ready or not, right? <laughs> that's right. Mostly not. Um, Honey, I'm having a baby. <laughs> yeah. I, I that's one of my pet peeves too is like the idea that you can be financially ready, you can be this re- look, on paper it never makes sense to have four kids. Yep. Paper like how are we going to afford this? I and we've had friends who waited and waited and waited because they needed to afford a kid and it's like, look, you're just not on paper, but the Lord always provides. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so whether it's financially or whether it's emotionally or what, I just don't know if you can be ready. Just totally. be willing. Just be yeah. willing Absolutely. to submit to the Lord and let him lead. Yep. Yeah. Not a, one of our kids, I think, cost us 50 bucks beginning to end. We had wow. awesome insurance and all this crazy stuff. And another one cost us $20,000 in wow. two weeks. Uh, and it's like, hey, look. And guess what? They're all a lot older now. Yeah. And we haven't missed a meal, yeah. and it's fine. Like yeah. God's got it. Yeah. And we kind of opened up, starting off. You know, Daniel, you are a uh, rather opinionated 
person. <laughs> uh, discipline, right, can become mm-hmm. such a divisive topic within a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a lively conversation on a mm-hmm. coffee table, but just this whole idea of disciplining your children. Mm-hmm. Um, were you guys disciplined much as kids? Uh, oh, yeah. Good, bad, or <laughs> <Yes>. indifferent? <laughs> um, and then, I don't know, just that concept. It's a biblical concept, but I don't know if you guys have uh, much to say about it. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think it's a, a really broad topic that could go into a multiple podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll say consistency is important. And then uh, the scripture that comes to mind that people that gets a bad rap, um, is, um, there's a number of different scriptures in Proverbs that talk about discipline and spanking your children. And I just want to clarify that because that's something we talked a lot about is the whole point is correction. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between correction and hitting. And this day and age that we live in there's this idea that if you spank your kids, you're doing something that you're teaching them not to do, hit. And that's not what we're talking about. It's correction. Yep. And in fact, Scripture says, hey, if you, you spare the rod, you hate your child. And so if you spare the rod, you hate... I mean, that's a pretty heavy statement. And I would say that the rod of correction is going to drive foolishness far from your child. And so find a way... If you need a moment to calm down, mm-hmm. I had to learn that early on. I would get really too angry about something that was going on, and I couldn't discipline properly. Sure. And I've made mistakes. I've disciplined uh, in a wrong way before. Yep. And you feel this incredible guilt. Mm-hmm. It's about correction. Mm-hmm. It's not about punishment. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. And so people... They just get those things mixed up and they get them twisted. And it's like, ultimately, you're trying to correct behavior. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to point them towards a loving Savior yep. who also corrects us and says that the Lord corrects whom he loves. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so if I'm not showing correction to my kids, I'm not showing love to my kids. Mm-hmm. And we see that all too often that you think like, well, I'm showing them love by letting them get away with stuff. And it's like, not in the long run, you are showing them hate. And so that's a, that's a big difference in love and hate. They're on the ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of what you're doing. Well, even, I mean, biblically, King David had a son that he never disciplined, and the kid, mm-hmm. like, practically destroyed the kingdom as he grew mm-hmm. up. Uh, it'll come back to bite you, for sure. Uh, so, you know, never discipline when you're angry, but don't think not disciplining is somehow loving. Right. Uh, it's pretty much the complete opposite. Right. As a mom, I mean, what mm-hmm. does disciplining look like? Well, I think... To, and perhaps not this generation, but our parents' generation, uh, some moms would just say, wait till your dad gets home, and they wouldn't discipline. And so then, therefore, we're going against the team aspect once again, and you're pitting one parent against the other. One's a disciplinarian, one's not. One's a softy, one's not. And so we kind of had to sit down, I think, when our daughter was two, our oldest, and kind of have the game plan because we felt like, "Uh uh-oh, we should have talked about this sooner. Um, Even though both of us were um, spanked as kids, it was a very different process. And so we had to kind of find the middle ground between both of them. And so we both agreed this is the process of discipline. And it really helps because we both discipline the same. So if Daniel was at work and I was at home, I disciplined the same way than than as he were um, at home. One of the things that really helped us when we were, um, when our kids were even as young as two, is obviously uh, correction, what Daniel talked about, but also um, praise and encouragement, because I think it goes hand in hand. And you'll find out each kid is different. So once you start having kids, even if you have them the same sex like we do, um, all girls, they have very different personalities. But um, they really respond well to encouragement. So we developed, even as young as two, um, a thing called chore charts. And they were... um, basically driven with attitude and action. So did you have a good attitude today? Did you throw a tantrum? Did you, you know, and as they got older, they would, they would change and adjust and they would have more chores. But at the end of the day, being able to sit down and say, Abby, you did so good. I know that it was really hard for you to share your toy, but man, way to go. Thank you for sharing. And then they would give you the number one through five. And then we would also, um, 
give them some money. And I know people have viewpoints on that. But for us, it helped me when I was at Target and she wanted a toy. I would just simply say, oh, did you bring your money? No. Okay, next time. And that ended the tantrum. We didn't have the full-on tantrum, which was such a blessing. Mm -hmm. So we did that together. And uh, it's tedious. It's every night. It can be exhausting. And I think I... uh, decided to time myself one day and it took um, a whopping six minutes for three kids to be able to go through the chore chart. But man, taking that time to encourage your kid, even um, our youngest, Olivia, who's a spitfire, very black and white um, child, just absorbs the encouragement. She gets so excited and she just sits there even with her big fat marker and wants to put in the uh, numbers herself. And she gets excited that she didn't whine and she gets excited that she uh, didn't throw a tantrum that day. So it's, um, I think discipline goes hand in hand. It's encouraging your kids when they make the right decisions and um, it's correcting when they don't. Yeah. It's it's behavior. So it's encouraging the proper behavior, correcting when it's not the proper behavior and using those things as tools. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, they know the expectations in our home. It's like, here's, there's very clear boundaries. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'll ask them, it's like, do we do this in our house? You know, they're doing something that's out of line. It's like, is, is this how is this how we act in our house? And they know the answer. It's like I, we've been reinforcing it since you were young. You know, this is yep. this is not acceptable. So I know everything you guys are talking about teamwork and intentionality, being on the same page. I love someone said a long time ago that discipline without discipleship is a disaster, and it's like you can. Time out, you can spank them, you can, you know, whatever. But to be able to follow up with that instruction is like so big. And it's got to be lacking that anger thing you guys brought up. Um, I know for my wife and I, our kids are older now. Uh, our oldest is driving, mm-hmm. <laughs> crazy. And uh, they've just entered into a different level of discipline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where it's mm-hmm. like, come here, kid, I'm going to spank you. <laughs> like, probably not. They're both bigger than me now. Kind of, I can do it, but it'd be weird. Um, and, and, and honestly, ineffective, be just dumb. But for us, we've had to realize, you know, if, if we think that the cons, and I love that my wife has been a, we're equally disciplined. If she's there, she disciplines. If I'm there, I discipline. But we found out that in this second wave of parenting, there's that temptation like, okay, what is the consequence now? Yeah. And if it's going to be something big, like you're grounded for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. like uh, those are the ones that say, wait, I'm going to, uh, maybe I should phrase it differently with our kids so they can start to discipleship part. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get wise counsel now mm-hmm. from your mom or she'll say, I'm going to, we don't use that word, we probably should, but we're going to talk together mm-hmm balance each other out and let you know what the consequence is going to be, but this one's going to be big, you know, versus if I say you're grounded for a month and then then Rochelle's like, Hey, that was kind of excessive. And then now I have to go be like, Hey, either I'm no longer a man of my word because now I'm taking it back and, or your mom has authority over me or I have over her. It just gets muddy. Mm -hmm. There's this cool safety net of like, that was a big one. So once I take wise counsel with your mom, we're going to figure this out and let you know what's going to happen now. We talked about, we had an incident similar to that early on when I think Lydia uh, took away something from a child that um, it was like the only moment of peace and quiet that we got is when the child was doing that. And so it's like, if we're going to hand out discipline, maybe don't take away the thing that gives us like a moment of peace and quiet. Maybe, yeah. maybe pick something that really affects them, but doesn't affect us yep. as much. Be on the <laughs> doesn't same make page. our lives miserable. But I've also yeah. seen parents not discipline because, well, it, that inconvenience in life. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, yep. if right. I take away their video game, then I have to suffer. Mm-hmm. Like, right. well, welcome to, you know, right. welcome to parenting. parenting. Like, yeah. They're supposed to leave anyways. Like, <laughs> it isn't forever. Uh, it feels like forever. They're going to leave. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. But... I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think about kind of all of this, and I know we, us being parents and being in different seasons of parenting, um, it's it's where we're at in life, right? And it's we could talk all day about <laughs> the ups and the downs, and man, you the 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 reflections that you have about who your parents were, the insight that you have about who God is because of this, and the things He changes in us. And I think there's a big part of the young adults that 
um, and even dating. And and I see ki- people having kids way later in life and not wanting to have kids as well. And I don't know if you guys can hear this, but we like there's so much to life about having kids. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and it's it's like God designed us to have kids or something. <laughs> and uh, there's there's they they are the hardest thing to do, but it is the best and most rewarding thing to do, uh, and to be and realizing that God has given you a a, a precious gift to to raise right. Mm-hmm. And if I can encourage the young adults out there. Um, and I want to give you guys an opportunity. Like, what's the one thing you would want to tell the young adults uh, uh, out there that that don't, don't have kids yet? But this, in God's timing, in His perfect timing, embrace having kids because uh, it is, uh, you know, as a young adult, I remember thinking like, what is God's will for my life? Like, what what am I supposed to do with my life? Like, where where am I supposed to work? How, what all these big questions. And the one thing I know for sure now is like I'm supposed to be a dad, mm-hmm. and it is the best job in the world. And I'm thankful that God allows me to raise these two boys as unto Him because they're His children. Yep, absolutely. Um, but uh, so one thing, embrace wanting to be a parent. Yes, and and really look at it as a calling on your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every God has different callings on different people's lives, and they look differently. But it uh, it is a blessing from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know what if you guys could leave one thing with the young adults. I know there's a bunch of things we could talk about, uh, but for for our target audience out there, you know, that's mm-hmm. listening to this, what that don't have kids, what what is one thing that you would want them to leave away with? I think it gives such perspective on life, and like what you were saying, God designed us to be parents, and so it kind of re- realigns our goals and our kind of what we're focused on in life. I think uh, to be a parent, it really shows you what's important in life. I think it provides an incredibly new sense of fear, but it also, on the flip side, it prevent, it provides an incredible sense of faith where you get to lean into the Lord like never before. Yeah. I think um, my identity in the Lord has been so molded and shaped and renewed by being a mom. Now, granted, my I want to be very clear. My relationship and my identity in the Lord is not based on me being a mom, but it's a part of me. And it's just something that I get to see my heavenly father in a new light. I get to uh, be able to read about Mary and have just such a new uh, perspective on her life. And so many women in the Bible, like I look at Hannah and just to to sacrifice her son was just amazing and Mary as well. But um, I think it just provides us a new insight into who God is and our relationship with him. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I I don't have any just you know profound nugget of wisdom. I'd say that desiring kids is a good thing. Yes. And desiring to be a dad is a good thing. And I hear too often young adults saying, you know, I don't want to bring a kid into this world, this messed up world. And yes, it is a messed up world. It's a fallen world. But here's the thing. The the person who's fallen and living in sin, they don't think like that. They bring five kids in. Like you, <laughs> you, you as a godly family should be bringing godly kids in here to stand for righteousness. And um, it's a high calling. But like Joe said, there is nothing more rewarding in my life than being a dad. Real quick on that before David talked about the impact everybody wants to leave an impact on this world <laughs> like you know we're always Dude. we're always talking there's nothing more impactful than creating disciples of Christ yeah. uh like and really in as, your own home in your own home like yeah. that's my we're, we're you know the great commission is to make disciples throughout the whole nations but it's like it starts in your home like my job like these two boys and whoever whatever other kids the lord lets me have uh like that's my mission yes <laughs> there's a a book that I read a long time ago, but in it, the author says uh, that your kids are a message you're sending to a generation you'll mm, never meet. Wow. I was like, whoa, my gosh. That's, that's wild. Um, I guess not. I'll bring it to a close here. If there was one thing I'd encourage you guys in, uh, don't let fear win. Amen. Personally, don't even let it in, let mm. let alone let it win. 
I know so many people, right? Because there's so many broken homes now. Like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be a good dad. Like, dude, if you follow Jesus, you're going to be a good dad. My dad took off when I was three. I get it. Uh, there's not as many hurdles as you think. It's a lie. It's an illusion. We have great examples in the church around us. We have God, our Father, who's just laid it out so clear. It's, I know Joe said it's the hardest thing he's ever done, and it is, but at the same time, there's this like awesome just equipping that carries you along. Like God's going to, I don't know what to say. A guy who grew up without much of a dad figure, uh, you can ask my kids if I'm a good one or not, I guess, but you don't need to be afraid about having not had a dad or having not had a mom. Like you've got it. I, yeah. I'm just, I don't know what else to tell you. Flush that down the toilet and go after what God mm-hmm. has for you. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember not to, uh, I remember you telling me God prepares you for it. I mean, like, how did you do it, Dave, David, with four kids and, and teenagers and all this stuff? And he's like, you know, God prepares you and takes takes you through this. Well, think about how good he is. And yeah, he and it, the, the, the truth is, he totally does. And while I say it's the hardest thing uh, I've ever done, it really is the only thing I want to do. And I want to do it. It's like, it's, it's I want to sacrifice myself for my kids. I mm-hmm. want to, you know, do all mm-hmm. the things you have to do when you're a parent. Mm-hmm. And uh it gives you like, man, how much more the Lord, like how he just loves yeah. on us. Yeah, this is a dumb a example. And I know we got to end this thing. But I remember when, when my firstborn was there, Rochelle's asleep in the hospital. She had to have an emergency surgery or C-section. So she's like sleeping. Newborn wakes up. It's like that orangey glow of hospital lights. Mm-hmm. Dude, I've never been able to swaddle a doll in my <laughs> life. Like this kid's going to die. And I remember waking up half groggy. Everyone's asleep. There's no nurse. The lights are dim. He changes diaper. I grab the blanket. I swallow them up. And I was like, no one was there but me and the Lord. And I felt like I won the World Series. Like, dude, that somehow, like in an instant, I could swaddle a baby like a professional, man. You could could pass this kid for a touchdown. He is good. Um, He was just tucked in so nice. So I know it's so dumb, but like in that moment, it was just clear like, oh, this actually is going to be fine. Yep. It's going to be fine. God is good. And Amen. Uh, Amen. Uh, I don't know how to end this, but we'll just end it. Yeah. <laughs> going to bring it to an end. But thank you guys for being welcome. here. Uh, it's a long journey, but hopefully worth it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure we'll do this again in about 10 years when our kids are older and maybe with mm. them, see what they say about our parenting. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But uh, you guys, whatever you do today, do it as unto the Lord with all your heart. Because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God bless you guys. See you later.